Hello and welcome to the Terrapin 20 presented by Terrapin Sports Central, the show where we talk all things Maryland sports in just 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jonas Evans, alongside Nathan Schwartz and Brandon Schwartzberg. And we've got a lot to talk about, including some teams uh, overperforming. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff to get to. Let's start with Maryland football that closed out their regular season with a very impressive win over the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. What did we see in this game, guys? Yeah, I thought the defense was phenomenal. Um, it was their first shutout against a Big Ten opponent since joining the Big Ten. Um, I just think that it kind of carried over from the Ohio State game because, yes, they gave up over 40 points, but one of those touchdowns was on the basically the last play of the game, the Talia strip sack fumble. And then another came off the blocked punt where it was like they had 15 yards or something to work with. And so they really, I thought, played great, especially stopping the explosive Buckeyes offense. And so they continued that against Rutgers, shut out the Scarlet Knights. Um, they really, Rutgers did, they really had nothing going on offense throughout the whole game. And so it was nice to see the defense have, instead of what we've been accustomed to seeing this year, where it's usually just a half of really good football, to see them have two halves put a whole game together, I think it was great going into the bowl with momentum and hoping to end this season off on the right foot and technically start the next season off, as Loxley says, how the bowl is the start of the 2023 season. So use the Rutgers game, especially on the defensive side, to get the 2023 season off to the right foot. Yeah, I thought this was a very solid performance by Maryland. Of course, you thought coming in that they were going to beat Rutgers, but not to this extent. 37 nothing is a fantastic performance, and it started off rough. They fumbled on their first two drives of the game, lost both fumbles, then they come back in the and by the end of the third quarter, it's 30 to nothing. So I think they really it was a really well-rounded victory, and I just kind of want to get into the season as a whole, right? Because as Brandon mentioned, the, se- the regular season's over. The bowl game will be the start of the 2023 season. We're not going to see a lot of the guys, including Rakim Jarrett, more than likely, because mm-hmm. he posted on his Instagram story saying a thank you to Terp Nation. So Jarrett is likely going to declare for the NFL draft. Very unlikely he transfers. Um, but I just want to talk about this team as a whole because you saw in this game Talia breaking the all-time touchdown passes record at Maryland. He now sits in first place all-time with 50. And just so many positives around this team. Seven and five, their first winning regular season since 2014. They really put it all together, played close in games against Ohio State and Michigan. We talked about that on the left bench in focus the other day, Jonas. Mm-hmm. And j- just a lot of positives surrounding Mike Loxley and this team right now. Yeah, I think the first thing you definitely look at is Tolia because he cemented himself uh, in Maryland history with this season. There were a lot of expectations. I think he delivered on most of them, cementing himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten and also as one of the best quarterbacks that Maryland football has seen in a long time at least. Um, also, Possibly ever. Yeah, also Roman Hemby with an incredible season. Freshman coming out there. He had three touchdowns in the Rutgers game. He had a great season. I think this uh, where we saw, if you want to talk overall, I think where we saw a little bit more of interesting dynamics was this wide receiver room because I think going into the season, obviously the big talk was Dante Demas, who was projected to be a first-round wide receiver. There was a lot of excitement around him. Now, Tolia had a lot of different targets to throw to, and you know it, it 
maybe Demas's underperforming season is not fully on him, not fully on Talia. But I thought other guys stepped up pretty well. Jayshon Jones had a very good season. Um, I still think Jarrett had a great season. Um, I think even uh, players like Corey Deitches had a, a, a great seasons too. So I was very impressed with not only uh, not only the good individual performances, but more the cohesive unit and Talia's ability to distribute um, the football so well. I think this offense had a lot of expectations going into the season. They delivered on a lot of them. They were a very good offense this year. Yeah, I mean, no one finished with over 500 receiving yards, but five guys finished with over 300. And so I, I just think, like you mentioned, Talia spread the wealth on offense. He got everyone involved as much as he could. And I just think that that may be good for the bowl game, especially if Rakim Jarrett does not play. Who knows if any – Everybody else on offense is not going to play because of either injury or because of uh, they're going to enter the draft and don't want to risk getting hurt. And so I just think having that continuity with multiple weapons is going to do well uh, for the bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are going to play in a bowl game. It's an improvement from last season. Coach Loxley continues to improve this program. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around this team right now, and uh, they're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna play in a legitimate bowl, bowl game this year. And look, even looking back on the season, I think the other thing I was extremely impressed by were these games against the top teams in the Big Ten. They only lost to Ohio State by a touchdown. They were uh, very close with Michigan earlier in the season. Also, only lost to them by a touchdown. Penn State game was not; it was probably the worst showing all year. Uh, I mean, what did we think of these performances against these the, these best teams? Because I think that this is where this team really shined. Obviously, not getting a win against any of those top three teams in Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, but playing them close is something that we haven't seen from Maryland football very often um, in, during the regular season. It's definitely a step in the right direction. It's something that you want to take as a positive away from the season because you're right, Jonas. In previous years, those all would have been blowouts. They got blown out by Penn State. They theoretically... In, really got blown out by Wisconsin as well. The score is a little different. But to keep it close against Michigan and Ohio State, if you take away the given possession that Maryland gave Michigan on the opening kickoff, that game is tied, mm -hmm. 27 apiece. If you take away the fumble touchdown at the end for Ohio State, that's a six-point game. Ohio State wins 36-30. So I, it's really a positive step for this program, knowing that they were able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these teams, and they were only just a couple mistakes yeah. away from possibly winning the game. So really a step in the right direction, but they have to keep that momentum going. They have to keep recruiting these top players. They keep they have to keep getting positive results and just keep building this thing up because that's the only way that the program is going to be able to get over the hump and consistently be an eight, nine win team going forward. Yeah. You, you make a great point. Building up programs. I think seasons like this are great, but the whole point is if you want to maintain something and if you want to improve the program as a whole, this has to be a consistent factor. Right. Like the, it, it can't, it can't become a stagnant yeah. thing where you, almost get there you, yeah you have to start winning some of these games yeah i mean yeah the next step is to beat a penn state a ohio state or a michigan during the regular season they have proven now that they have the ability to do it they have the ability to recruit a team that can go into ann arbor and play um what is going to end up being the highest ranked big 10 team play them close because they did and uh there were obviously a lot of question marks there there were uh, uh, some a ton of things that maybe then really the terps didn't execute well but they were only a touchdown away, and I think that's definitely a ton of improvement. Is there anything else we have to say about this football team, Brandon? Anything else you want to say? Great season, uh, great season, and they'll have um, one more opportunity to show how good they are. Obviously, the without Jarrett, 
Uh, it's going to be tough, but you know that's just how bowl games are. Let's move on to Maryland men's basketball, which going into the season there were so many question marks. Kevin Willard's first season, uh, you know, who is their primary scorer? Uh, a bunch of transfers coming in. There were a ton of question marks. This team is seven and zero. Uh, Brandon, you said they haven't won a game by less than 16. Is that what you said? Yeah, every single game has been a Maryland win by 16 or more points. It is incredible what we've seen from this team. Most recently, they go um, over to Louisville to play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Brandon, we were talking earlier, uh, Maryland, since entering the Big Ten, has a, a very bad record. They were, I believe they had one win entering <coughs> since they joined the Big Ten in the Big Ten ACC Challenge before the Louisville game, which... May very well be the last, as there's going to be new yeah. new challenge with media rights and everything. Yeah. Uh, and they stomped them, seventy nine to fifty four. Louisville's having a very bad season right now, so this was an expected. Uh, I, I think I'd say Maryland was definitely expect uh, an expected win there. They are now ranked twenty second in the country, I believe. Twenty second, correct. They're going to have a big matchup against Illinois, but we haven't really talked about this team that much on the show. I mean, what do we? Uh, what, what's there to say? Who, who who do we point to as the factors that have had that have made this such a successful season so far? I just think it's been an all-around effort on offense. They've got four guys averaging at least thirteen points. I mean, Don Carey started slow, especially from three, but the past four games he's scored at least seven in each, and he's up averaging over eight points per game. So I just think it's been an all-around effort. If one guy struggles, another guy steps up, and it's just been like that. Every game, Hakeem Hart's taking a step up in his senior season. Dante Scott has become just an all-around scorer from anywhere. And Julian Reese has just – Juju Reese, sorry. He has just been a monster inside. Um, he's been aggressive, which we'd love to see. If he can convert more in his free throws the past three games, these past four games, he was 0 for 4, 3 for 5, 4 for 7, and 2 for 6. So that's really just the one area where he needs to work on. And so if he can – improve that i really don't see a ceiling for him uh before big 10 play i know we're getting into it now i still have question marks regarding their size but right now i i don't think you can complain about anything from the turfs yeah i mean dante scott over already over 100 points on the season he had a very um big role to fill uh this year and he's done it extremely well he's shown a ton of great leadership and i've but I, I've been super impressed with Juju Reese stepping up. I think they're I think you know, I, I didn't really see a ton of incredible stuff from him last season. I'm seeing it all the time from him this year. He has embraced that role as that, you know, the big man super well. You're you're totally right, Brandon. He, now going into Big Ten play, he's going to have a lot tougher challenges than Coppin State or Louisville. There's gonna be some big men that he's that are gonna be tough to face off against. But look, I mean, he's doing it really well right now and everyone on this team is performing at a high level. Hakeem Hart, someone that um underrated going into the season is having a great season and you obviously can't forget about Jameer Young who was the guy that everyone pointed to coming out of the transfer portal that needed to be the man for them um in the backcourt and he's been just that for them yeah I just want to talk about the three-point shooting for a second because that was a big question mark coming into the season after the Turgeon era but Kevin Willard has said he wants to let them flop let them shoot the ball mm -hmm. and it's gonna let, give them all the green light unless they start faltering a little bit defensively but they've been fantastic defensively other than the Coppin State game where Juan Dixon has that team playing at a high level. So don't want to negate anything there. But Maryland's three-point shooting has been significantly improved. Dante Scott, 13 of 30. That's 43%. Hakeem Hart, also 43%, 9 of 21. You have Noah Batchelor, who's 
made four of 13 coming off the bench. He's a sharp shooting guy that mm-hmm. can possibly give you some minutes here and there. Don Carey, as Brandon mentioned, started off slow. He's their guy that's going to shoot the most. He's taken 45 threes, shooting 27%. Ian Martinez, same thing, 27%. Jameer Young's the one guy that's really been struggling from three-point range to only 20% right now, only four made mm-hmm. in 20 attempts on the season. But eventually he's going to get it going, right? So as long as they're still able to play good defense and get the green light, I think it's really going to help them because that's what Willard's been emphasizing. He's been emphasizing if they play good defense, that's going to help them offensively mm-hmm. on the other end in transition. And they've been doing a really good job at forcing turnovers, making teams uncomfortable. I mean, Jahari Long, seven steals. Scott, five steals. Hart, nine steals. And that's Martinez with seven off the bench. I mean, these guys are just – creating turnovers day in and day out and it's just been really impressive to see how their defensive efforts have resulted in them putting up almost 80 points every single game yeah i mean you want to talk mvps we're talking about all these players but kevin willard deserves a ton of credit because what we've seen from the first team he's put out um for maryland is they play with very high intensity they play with uh, extreme discipline and they uh, work a lot harder than the team they're facing off against every single day, even against these weaker teams, which I think was one of our frustrations with the Turgeon-led team last year was it just didn't really seem like they were fully in it like they are this year. They seem so committed. Um, they've they, you know, they've they've put that press on teams uh, a bunch of times in games that's been working really well, defense working to offense, and they're great in transition. I think now if we, if we want to do a quick look ahead to this Big Ten play, the bench is going to come into question a little bit. They, I think that Ian Martinez is having a, a, a fine season, but I think once you get into this Jahari Long, Patrick Emelian territory, I think that th- that's where they could possibly struggle. I think that Kevin Willard's likely going to have to throw out his um, primary starters for a lot more minutes than the other guys on these Big Ten teams. Do you think that that could possibly come in to be a little bit of an issue for them down the line? I think it could be. I, I think Emelian's played really well, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. There there is some concern there, but that we that was a concern coming into the season, mm-hmm. how they would lack depth. But I think guys getting minutes. I think Martinez is a solid guy off the bench for Maryland. I think a million can play really well on the inside if he struggles. So I, I don't think it needs to be a concern right away. But if they get an injury, maybe to one of these fr- top guys, if they're not playing well, it, it's probably not going to work out in their favor. But. You know, we say all that, but they still are seven and zero. They have not lost a game, right. and you know, until we see them falter, I think we give them their flowers because right now they're playing really good basketball. But the tests are coming primarily that Friday game against Illinois. Let's move on to women's basketball. We have also not covered a lot of their games uh, in recent um, memory, so I'll, I'll go over a few of the most recent ones. They had a win against Pittsburgh, eighty-seven to sixty-three. Win against Towson, eighty-one to seventy. They did lose to DePaul, sixty-seven to seventy-six. Um, they also beat number seventeen ranked Baylor, seventy-three to sixty-eight. This is all on the back of that loss to South, number one South Carolina. That was um, a pretty significant loss at home. Um, then they almost lost to Fordham uh, soon after. I just want to know what your guys' overall thoughts are on this team right now, as we've seen the season go down. Um, it's not often that there's, you know, more excitement about the men's basketball team than the women's basketball team. But the women's basketball team, I think, um, in terms of execution a little bit and with some of these losses, maybe not um, on a a roll as a typical Maryland season. Yeah, I mean, I just think it shows how impactful it is to have chemistry and to lose. I mean, they lost 
a bunch of key players. Ashley Wusu, Angel Reese, Mimi Collins, uh, Katie Benz, and Chloe Vivi. You Most of their significant minutes, they lost. And so Cheyenne Sellers has had to take a step up. Uh, Abby Myers has been great. The tr- Princeton transfer, um, she's been a sharpshooter, everything they could have hoped for. She was extremely – I mean, I don't know how many points they score against South Carolina if yeah. Abby Myers isn't there. Uh, Diamond Miller, she's just been a little bit inconsistent. She's had multiple games with over – five turnovers and she's she's not shot the ball well from three yet she's shooting only 29 percent. so i just think if she can kind of i just think again it goes to rhythm it goes to continuity i think as the season goes on it obviously won't get easier because you're playing higher competition but it'll the chemistry itself will get better and i just think that's they just need time to gel and it's been tough especially when diamond miller got hurt early and missed the south carolina game so your best player after losing so many rotation players last year uh, aren't playing early on, and so it, it just takes time. Yeah, absolutely. I, Diamond Miller is still averaging the most points on this team se- with 17.6, uh, but you're right. I think they do need her to step up, and uh, she's going to be key to them winning some of these uh, big matchups down um, this season. And I, I, I do like I, I think when this team plays well, Abby Meyer, Cheyenne Sellers, yes, this is not the same team that we saw last year and losing those key pieces was huge and they're significantly weaker now but at their peaks when when a lot of these um players are playing well i do think this team is pretty solid and stands uh a chance against anyone in the country i just i think they've been i think there's been um a little bit of underperformance from a lot of these key players uh in in the past few games yeah i want to go back to miller for a second because it's it's been clear that when she is doesn't when she doesn't play or is off they struggle offensively, and they don't really have the star power to be able to make up for that. I mean, you have Abby Myers, who has played well at times, but she, other than that one game where she really went off at the beginning of the season, she didn't. She hasn't done a whole lot. She's been a good role player for them, but Cheyenne Sellers has been coming off the bench a lot, started the past couple games in place of Lavender Brace, who has really struggled. And then you have Faith Masonis, who is playing the best basketball of her career right now, coming off the injury, but has never been a perennial scorer and is is playing well on the inside but they're really their best three-point shooter right now is Brene Alexander coming off the bench who's mm-hmm. shooting almost 50% which is phenomenal but they just need more consistency from the whole group offensively and if Miller doesn't provide that consistency they're not they're not getting it and that's the really thing that's the main thing that's going to hold them back yeah, and I mean, it doesn't get any easier on Thursday against a top 10 team in Notre Dame yep. in the ACC Big Ten Challenge on the road, hostile environment in South Bend. Um, and then you look ahead on December 11th, they're home against a top five team in UConn. And so, again, and that's just without the Big Ten portion of their schedule. So it is not going to get easy. It's It, it will not be an easy uh, rest of the season for the Terps. It's just about getting – chemistry getting continuity as quick as they can and then hopefully that'll uh, soften the blow and kind of ease ease the ease it if say diamond miller as she has so far this season in a few games struggles if abby myers because we can't expect her to shoot 50 percent from three every game that's just not gonna happen and so they just need to have the they're working on their bench right now i'd say that's that's also one of the big things they're working on the bench working on the rotations to get to, to get these performances where, say, a Miller or a Meyer struggles, they can still have 
uh, bench players step up and perform well. Yeah, absolutely. That does it for our show. Like we mentioned before, some key matchups for uh, Maryland in some of these major sports. Dave, Maryland men's basketball facing off against number 16, Illinois, on Friday. And then, of course, just like Brandon mentioned, women's basketball facing off against number 7, Notre Dame uh, in South Bend. Thank you for listening. That does it for our show. As always, it has been Jonas Evans alongside Nathan Schwartz and Brandon Schwartz. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week for our next 20 minutes.